0: Congratulations, you made it to the X-Fill. You can sit back, relax, unpack your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there! Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us for that journey. As always, and just a note, we are 100% listener supported, so I wanted to send a special thank you to all of you who are supporting us over on Patreon, which is where that occurs.
1: This week, well, before we get into this week's episode, you're probably thinking, it's been a while. And you're right. We took a break from recording and took some time to get back into the game pretty deep and enjoy the holidays with our family and all that time. And now we're pretty excited to share our perspective on where the game is at, get into some fun raid stories, and of course, talk systems and what could possibly be in the future. But before we get into all that, let's dive into tonight's show. Trigger, how's the wipe gone for you so far?
0: Oh, man, (laughs) it's been it's been really great. I've honestly just been having a tremendous amount of fun in Tarkov. And while my playtime from the new job largely and then the holiday season and everything comes with that was much lower than it was during the last few wipes, I've just been enjoying it a lot more. And frankly, I wasn't really sure what to expect with all of the big changes like inertia the changes to the flea market, and some new items. I didn't know what to expect, and frankly, there's a new map that I haven't really even explored yet, and I'm still enjoying it. But, I mean, I'm level 25. We haven't recorded yet this wipe, because the few times that we have sat down to do it, we've, you know, logged in to do our proverbial, you know, one raid together before recording, and that's turned into a couple 1am sessions, and, uh, yeah, whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Look at the clock and it's 1am. We're six raids deep and no way we're recording at that point. But anyway, I guess this week's been excellent. You know, I hit level 25. Haven't been pushing aggressively for leveling, but also taking a pretty steady go at all the tasks. I have more quests in my task list than I think I've ever had in any previous wipe. Not to mention the daily and weekly operational tasks. But I think the most notable thing this week will probably surprise some people that kind of follow (laughs) play style is I've been playing a very different style of Tarkov recently and enjoying playing in a little bit different way. I've been focused on taking my time in raids, maximizing experience, and really focusing on getting... Loot out that's going to make a difference right now for maximum currency per slot, or looking forward to collecting those things I need for tasks. So I'm currently on a 17 survival streak, 17 raid survival streak, which was capped off basically in the hour before we recorded with three factory runs that I did in a row with 13 total PMC kills. So I got the scout task, one of the chemical tasks. And I even got the healthcare privacy planting task done at night and made, you know, about 1.2 million rubles just from those runs, in addition to the tasks getting completed, as well as just having a bunch of loot coming out that I held on to as well. So it's been really, really great this week. And you asked about the wipe, I went into my week, so I'll, uh, I'll spin that back to you. And <laughs> have you been enjoying the wipe? And how's this week specifically been going? This wipe has been a lot of fun for me.
1: I've really enjoyed the changes that they've made to the game. I got kind of bored with it the way that it was during the last wipe pretty quick and needed to take a break. It just wasn't really interesting to me. But now it's actually interesting. So, man, I've had a lot of success that I probably wouldn't have had as quickly. I really love the changes. Things that they've made, weapon malfunctions, inertia, even VoIP, even though I don't really use VoIP that much. But the different changes to the maps with different extracts and different paths that PMCs seem to be taking as they move throughout the map, as everybody knows, as you all know, I like Shoreline a lot, so I've been playing a lot of Shoreline just for fun. And of course, unlock some tasks. I'm also level 25, and my task log is very full at this point. I think my favorite thing that has come up in the last couple weeks as I've been playing is I really actually love the operational tasks. And we'll get into more of that as we talk about, you know, where we're at. And that's really been hugely enjoyable and motivating to continue to keep playing and trying different things. And I almost feel like excited when I log in. I'm like, ooh, I wonder what today's task is going to be just to see what kind of interesting things BSG has out there to uh, torture me in my Tarkov experience for that day. One of the more interesting ones that I have right now is to kill 65 scavs with a Makarov 9x18 pistol which sounds like a completely terrible thing. But the reward at the end of it is somewhere in the neighborhood of like 65,000 XP or something really crazy and an entire hideout management level and a bunch of money. And I was thinking to myself, you know, how could I possibly do that this week? And so I've started working on that by going into factory with a pistol and killing scavs. And it's been, you know, die a lot, but it's been quick to just get some quick scav kills and not really even care if I live, because it's about really killing scavs as much as I can until I run out of ammo with that gun specifically. I think that, in general, the way that I play Tarkov has changed. That's something interesting. Like, you had talked about how you maybe are playing a little bit more slower, maybe. I would say I'm quite the opposite. I'm playing a little bit more aggressively than I have in the past. And that has led to some more interesting situations where I've pushed my Tarkov knowledge and Tarkov gaming experience kind of to its limit and kind of grown quite a bit, especially in close quarters PvP situations. There are certain things I just wasn't really good at before that I decided I was going to try to be better at. There are changes in this wipe that have really helped me and I think helped a lot of people equalize out that experience like. Not having so many of the high-end armors and high-end guns and high-end ammo be just available in the flea market has kept everyone using level 4 type stuff and medium-range guns and medium-range ammo and makes for a more, I don't know, equal experience. Inertia is also something super interesting to me as I've noticed I've found myself using inertia kind of to my advantage and not worrying about Peeking through doorways or anything like that, but understanding how, like when I jump and I'm heavy, what happens, those kinds of things. And I don't really mind inertia that much. So look forward to the next couple episodes talking about different things around that and kind of circle this back around to where I'm at this week and how I'm doing in the game. And I've spent a lot of time on Shoreline really just doing the tasks that come up, the different tasks for Peacemaker that come up or still things and grab the SSD drives and the spa tour and all that stuff, healthcare privacy for therapists. But I've just really tried to figure out how people are playing Shoreline, the new way, because now with the Path to Lighthouse Extract, it really has changed the way that PMCs exit Shoreline. And with the removal of Rock Passage, I think it was called, right behind Resort, PMCs are forced to engage in the map more. You mean you can run up there and into Resort, get your stuff and you gotta get out, but then you have to go over a much larger section of the map. And so I've had a really good time picking off uh, PMCs as they're making it to the new path to Lighthouse Extract and kind of understanding you know what the new meta is for how to get out of Shoreline. So that's been really enjoyable. Overall, I, I'm having fun. I'm having a lot of fun in this wipe that I didn't really have last wipe. Looking forward to getting into that because I think the changes they've made have been good for the game and good for
0: the Tarkov community. That's awesome. You know, you kind of unpacked a lot there and it's related to the things that we wanted to cover. But I also wanted to quickly address kind of a question that you kind of half-heartedly asked and is really interesting to me because you said you were playing more aggressive and then you were kind of questioning if I was playing slower. I think this is kind of a product of, you know, not Having as much playtime personally and really trying to maximize when I do have a good raid or I'm in a raid for 10 or 15 minutes, I am exploring a lot more. I'm going and checking stashes, I'm hitting duffel bags. I'm making a conscious effort to really explore everywhere that loot is when I'm on a map after the 15 or 20 minute mark. Some of the maps have been reduced in time significantly, you know, through the drops event and then. Just, I think, for server queue reasons, but I have been playing a lot slower. Now, I've been playing a lot more aggressively when PvP does come, because I've also been playing PUBG, which recently went free to play, so sometimes I can't help but charging into a fight. But for the past 17 raids, it's gone my way, which is by far the longest streak I've ever managed to string together. But this whole concept of playing slower or more aggressive is fascinating because you're exactly right. I have been. And it's more of an intentional hit as many loot crates, loot bags, loot spots, kill scavs as possible and maximize the time I'm in a raid. And I dropped that 10 or 15 minute number because I've noticed that a lot of PMC action, because I think people are very task focused because the flea market isn't as big of a factor this way. So a lot of that action happens in the first 10 or 15 minutes. And then there are still people on the map. I've ran into people everywhere, but there isn't as much like choke point holding or key location holding. like players aren't sitting in those areas as much. I think people are moving around a little more. So I've just been moving around and and checking stuff out. So the answer to your question is, yeah, I have been playing slower, but I'm also very interested in how or what you've done to play more aggressively?
1: Well, I think it's a scale, right? Me playing aggressively to most people probably is still slow. So I think that that's important when I talk about playing more aggressively. But for example, there was a lot of times where I would not necessarily choose to start a fight. I was happy to engage in it and then carry it out, whether win or loss, whatever. But I would Maybe not necessarily start a fight unless I was pretty confident that I could engage and win. Everybody wants to have a PvP encounter on those terms. You want to have it be favorable to you. You know, anything that you encounter out in the open, especially in the open world of the map, you want to make sure that, you know, you have the upper hand when you start a PvP encounter. But even then, I still was hesitant to do it under certain circumstances. I've kind of just decided that I don't really care anymore. And if I die, I die. And it's turned out that just practicing a lot of flick aiming and strafe firing, but with inertia, understanding how each gun works that I use. I've chosen two or three guns that I really am comfortable with and did a lot of practicing in my hideout, uh, strafing back and forth, hitting target, and was able to kind of say, okay, this is what this gun's going to do when I get out in the world with it. And I just have had a lot more success and comfort has come from repetition with this particular skill for me in Tarkov and I die plenty, but I would say my stats this wipe for this early are much higher than they've ever been and I'm much more comfortable than I've ever been and it's helped my tasking because I'm just not afraid to run into the hot PVP areas. Some of the traditionally hot PVP areas have shifted, you know, for example, in customs it's not completely dorms. And on Shoreline, it's not necessarily completely the resort anymore. There's different places on the map where PvP is happening more consistently, which I think is good. But because of that, I've encountered it more. And I'm just kind of working this through in my mind. And I guess I just, yeah, I'm not as hesitant to dive into it and just see what happens.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And I think that comfort in dying (laughs) goes a long way, right? Or comfort in knowing that sometimes you're going to die, sometimes you're going to not. But once you have that sort of desire to survive and work on the mechanics of the guns and stuff, I just, I think that's really cool. It's, it's something that I've done in a bunch of other FPS games. I've done it in Tarkov and it's really interesting to hear, you know, that, that little piece you broke down in, okay, strafing and being comfortable with how the gun's going to react and using your hideout for that, the shooting range. And It's interesting. I've been using just guns that I take off of other players and scavs and checking out new ones that I don't typically use, like the RFB uh, as one that I've been using a lot this wipe. And then I've gotten kind of fallen in love with a silenced MP5. And one of the first things I did when I decided to use those guns and save a preset for them was go down to the shooting range and mess around with all kinds of stuff, putting lasers on them, you know, point firing it, ADSing, where does it shoot if I at the 5-meter target, at the 25-meter target? And the reason it resonated so heavily with me when you just said it was the RFB with, I think it was a Valde sight I was using at the time, had a really high shot compared to where the reticle, or excuse me, a really, maybe it was a low shot compared to where the reticle was. And I realized that zeroing on the RFB was very, very important for the range that I was typically engaging enemies with. And so, not only are the leaning mechanics and strafe shooting and figuring out the recoil on the guns you're using really important, but you can also work on zeroing and see what it does to, you know, the trajectory of the bullets. So, I think you made a great point there and I just think it's really cool to hear how that has changed uh, your gunplay and just comfort when fighting. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I think it's really interesting how like for example, throw a silencer on a gun, how the inertia factor changes how wildly the barrel will swing around when you're moving. Or if you have a short gun like an MP5, you know, it's going to move a lot less than if you have, say, a shotgun with a silencer on it or something, like a MP 153, you know, doing the long boy quests. I think that that's a really cool mechanic because it adds a level of skill to the game, which I don't think some people totally appreciate, but I think it makes it more interesting to me because it's not just about one style of strafe back and forth, move back and forth quickly, and your gun just is there. It's a laser wherever you need it. You actually have to think about the moves that you make and when you're going to fire. And, you know, one of the things that I'm struggling with right now but want to get better at is hip firing. And I know that's something that you're pretty good at. And I know that's something that you've uh, worked on in this wipe. And maybe you can talk about that for a little bit because that's something that, I'm working on it right now. I'm not great at it, but I'm definitely working on it.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of the things that I always have a challenge with when I come back to Tarkov after you know I get through everything I wanted to do that wipe, and then I come back and basically every other FPS that I play relies on ADSing or aiming down sights, and in Tarkov, your point fire or hip fire, as some people call it, basically not right clicking as default and looking down through your scope or through your iron sights and just shooting it right off of your hip is incredibly accurate. And so it's, it's actually something that in my opinion for close quarters, if you want to engage in close quarters PVP or be able to put a fight, if you get scared and somebody's, you know, holding a corner or, you know, in a room that you weren't expecting, being able to effectively use point firing is extremely important. There's no easy way around the fact that it is very much a practiced thing because at the end of the day, you're not given a reticle or a dot or anything on your monitor or UI in Tarkov when you're not looking through a scope or looking through an iron sight. You're not given anything to, you know, judge where the shot's going. It's just you kind of have to be aware of and being good at aiming the middle of your screen or where the gun's going. And this isn't something that I had really practiced before Tarkov because you're kind of punished for it in other games with very inaccurate shots. And in Tarkov, they're not as accurate as ADSing, but they are incredibly accurate still. I would say that the, the best way that I've found to learn how to do it is to use the laser sights. You know, you can get really cheap laser sights in Tarkov. Like, I, my go-to is always the TBL, the tactical blue laser from Skier, I think it is. And it's available, I think, from level one. And that's going to give you a really good indicator of where you're aiming at at the time. And it's a good way to get started with it. But the thing I don't like about the laser, and ultimately end up preferring the infrared one, is it's giving a visible marker on the wall and I always end up focusing on that laser and I always get worried that enemies can see it. So it actually kind of stresses me out more than anything, but it's a good way to get started. But once you have a hang of the general spot where you're firing, then I would switch to the infrared attachments because they're going to give you the bonus to hit firing accuracy, but without the visible indicator on the wall in front of you or that the enemy can see. So I, I really don't like to give away my position, so I don't like to use the um, normal lasers, the red, blue, or green ones. But that's a, that's a preference thing, and I think it's a great way to get started. All I can say is try it, you know, and I would use it on like a submachine gun, one that has like low vertical and horizontal recoil to get started. You know, if you start using it on like an AK, any AK, even an AR or an M4 that's not very well kitted. That recoil isn't going to help you know if you were aiming in the right spot initially, whereas with a lower vertical and horizontal recoil gun like a MP5 or a Keter or anything like that, you're going to find that you're, you'll see where your bullets are going a lot better because the gun's not jumping all over the place. So I guess those would be my sort of tips for looking into getting better at point firing. And I, th- I think it's a really important skill to get good at in Tarkov. Because like on factory and I play a ton of factory, the office area in particular, you gotta learn how to point fire there because there's so many small little angles and it's such close quarters that you don't want to be ADSing all the time because you'll miss environmental cues on where enemies are or where they're coming from. So really good point. Glad you keyed in on that. But practice, practice, practice on that one.
1: It's a definitely a skill that you want to start working on if you've never tried it and get comfortable with. It's going to save you when you're in a fight, especially close quarters. It's definitely going to be a thing that you're going to have to be comfortable with doing because sometimes you don't have a chance to ADS. And if you do ADS, you're going to be standing there too long or you forget to move back and forth while you're firing and you try to ADS. And all that happens in a split second and then you're dead, right? And so I've been really working on that, this wipe and. You know, to varying degrees of success, but overall really enjoying it, especially strafing back and forth while firing in close combat and remembering to do all of those things while I do it. That has been probably the number one thing that's helped me survive many, many, many more fights. You know, you don't just sit there like a potato and get shot up, right? So it's, uh, yeah, it's great. Thanks for, uh, going into that because I think that definitely is going to help people. I know. It helped me when I had some questions about it and you were talking about it and I really appreciated the tips and tricks that you gave me when it came to uh, close quarters, hip firing type stuff.
0: Yeah, no problem. I was thinking back to, you know, before we (laughs) we got on this tangent, you know, you were talking about how much fun you've been having in the wipe, how the wipe feels different. Maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but to me, I'm sensing that there's a difference or a number of differences that are affecting that. And so I'm kind of curious what you mean by that. You know, maybe there's some systems or things we can break down that kind of line up with that.
1: I think the biggest thing that is making this wipe feel like more fun just comes down to the fact that, you know, we're what, a month in now and the game isn't over. It hasn't been taken over by people running slicks and altons and kitted out million dollar guns. It's just basically if you can't keep up with that, you're not going to be able to to go to all the high tier loot places or go to all the hotly contested quest, you know, completion areas, you know, at least in the beginning of the raid, like you're going to have to wait until all the PVP is done and then hope that you can get there and do it because there's just no way that you can survive, right? The ammo, you don't have enough gear to outgear the ammo, the guns, everything else, you know, by those people who play a lot. And I really feel like the changes to the flea market are the most impactful choice State made in this wipe. And I have watched a bunch of people talk about it on YouTube. I've listened to podcasts where people talked about it. I have chatted with people in the Exville community. And I know there's all kinds of opinions on it. But in my opinion, I absolutely love it. I think that the flea market is functioning quite a bit more like it should the swipe, I don't think the flea market should be a space where, well, let me say this differently. It's not that I don't think the flea market should be a space where you can buy high-end items. I'm just not sure if in Tarkov, the way the game runs right now, if the flea market is should have those items on it. There's no real way to balance out or mitigate buying and selling of super high-tier level 5, level 6 stuff with somebody who can only play once a week, and the game needs both types of players to survive. Without getting into that, that's been hashed out in many episodes, I just think that the beginning part of the wipe, which a lot of people think and agree is the most fun, is lasting longer and possibly is able to be sustained to some level because of the flea market changes. So what do you think about that?
0: I think specifically on the sustainability just from looking at the flea market, I tend to agree. I really wasn't sure if, you know, removing class five and six armor and the high tier ammos from the flea was going to be enough to extend the early game or, you know, bring the gear gap closer over the long term. I didn't know if it was going to cause like high playtime players were just going to farm that stuff and just kind of completely destroy the rest of the player base. But my experience has been, you know, I was looking at stats before this and I can't remember the exact number, but, you know, I think I've died. I can figure it out because I know I've died 34 times this wipe. And I was approaching a three to one PMC kill death ratio. And I think I'm just under 90. So I think I've killed 88 PMCs, 87, 88, something like that. And I think one or two was wearing even a class five armor. And I haven't ran into a class six armor yet. The only class six armors I've encountered were the two that I got off uh, Tegila. But from a player standpoint, I've only taken class five off of them. So I've taken a Corand and I think I took a Killa armor off somebody. And then from a gun perspective, I've been seeing, you know, as days have gone by, and this week specifically, I've been seeing more modified guns, but the ammo in them has been very basic. You know, I've been seeing these kitted AKMs, from top to bottom, and then they're running PS. (laughs) You know, so it's it's sort of uh, leveled the playing field. And, you know, I've got head eyes plenty, but I've also noticed that I'm getting into longer duration combat, which is incredibly rewarding when you win it. And it doesn't feel nearly as bad when you lose it because you felt like you had a chance. So I do think to your original point, this is going to um, help sustain the game longer while we're in the wipe cycle. And I think that just on its own, regardless of some of the other stuff we're going to probably talk about, it's done a really good job in that. And I I would have said, if you asked me in the first couple of weeks of the wipe, I would have said, man, I don't think this is good. I don't think this is right. But I I am actually really enjoying the in-game experience as a result of their out-game change to the flea market.
1: You did a great job explaining what I was trying to say there. And the thing that you said that resonates with me is that the game is fun regardless of the outcome of an encounter if you feel like you have a chance. I don't think in previous wipes, after a certain point, at least I felt like I had a reasonable enough chance to invest the time. That it takes to play a good, healthy Tarkov match, at least for me. My gaming time is what it is, and I don't want to play a game where I don't feel like I have a chance. And at this wipe, because of these changes, I have really felt like in every encounter I've been in, I've had a chance. And the ones that I've lost, if I'm honest with myself, <laughs> after the frustration sometimes of losing subsides, I can look back and say, Yep, I made a mistake there. And this is why I lost. And I think that that's super important. And that maybe is one of the reasons why it just feels better to me right now. It's because I feel like I have a chance. And I just didn't want to skip over that without touching on that. That really hits with me anyways.
0: Well, and let me throw another kind of related point here. I think what this change did was it made gearing up for raids an interesting decision. And that's leading to fun in the raids. Because previously, in the past couple wipes, there was really no interesting decision. It was, what's the best ammo I can get my hand on? What's the best armor I can get my hands on? You know, I'm going to buy it and I can get it at any time. And what's the quickest way I can get to M61 and M995, you know, wearing classics armors all the time. And there's a lot of people that played that way. And there's a lot of people that still want to play that way that this really hurt, you know? So if you're someone that loved running around in altons and slicks and you enjoyed finding sustainable ways to do that with the flea market, this, this really sucks. (laughs) There's no way around it. This is a huge change that flies in the face of that play style. But now that it is in play and it's really ammo that I think it has the best choice in where it's like making an interesting decision. Do I top load some really good ammo like if i if i looted 21 rounds of m61 on some random raid and i've got an rfb suppressed kitted up with a valde or a voodoo or something on it and i'm gonna should i take a magazine with m61 in it and then the rest m80s because there's also the fact you can't put a magazine in your secure container now and so you really have to think about how you're kitting up and how you're gearing up When you do it successfully and it works, it's really rewarding and fun. But it also, you know, you lose a couple times and it's like, oh, man, that was devastating. And you either learn something from that or, you know, you got in a good fight and lost and it is what it is. But I think creating real choices around ammo and armor, which when you can't just go very easily buy it, it's just created a a fantastic experience, at least for me. And I know for some people, it it broke the way they're playing. So I do understand that. But for me personally, I think it's really cool seeing players more evenly geared, at least right now, and really having to think about what ammo I'm running, what armor I'm running, what helmet I'm running uh, from top to bottom.
1: Yeah, I really believe that that is making the gameplay even more intentional as well. It's not like... Tarkov before wasn't a game where it had a penalty. Obviously, it has a penalty if you are reckless and you just run in and die all the time. It's going to be difficult to do that. You can't just do that without finding another way to sustain that. But it makes makes the PvP engagements much more interesting because maybe people are taking a little bit less chances. Maybe they're not. I don't know. Maybe because of the ammo that people are using. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of PS and BS maybe is the high end, but that's pretty much about it, right? I mean, not very many people are going out there with the best ammo because they have to find it or they have to get to a point where they can buy it from a trader, and that's usually pretty far down the quest chain. And then, of course, the level gating of the traders at various stages as well. So all of those decisions... And all of those factors that go into how you gear up, you know, if, if you want to use that shiny new class four or class five, you know, if you want to use that gun, which maybe you had to find pieces for, you couldn't actually build because you couldn't buy it on the flea market or you can't buy it from traders yet. All those decisions, I think, have made the game a little bit more tactical in nature and less kind of meme I, I, This is the way that I would describe it. I don't know what do you think about that.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And the thing I was thinking about was, you know, some of these systems that they start stacking on top of each other lead to these amazing in-game moments. You know, what you're talking about there got me thinking about the uh, second factory raid I did tonight. You know, it was after the first raid went really well. I got five PMC kills in that one. I'm in the second one. I got my favorite spawn. It was Forklift. I killed the PMC on the left. From a gear standpoint, I guess I should explain it. So I'm running... Uh, Basically, this all started with a zero-to-hero run, which there's a picture in the Discord somewhere uh, in the show Loot, I think. I think I tagged Boo Boo on that. And I'm now running, you know, a trooper armor, a caiman helm with a visor and the mandible guard, and then I'm running this very basic MP5 with a suppressor on it and a Clashlight, and a... I think a TBL or one of the lasers. I actually don't think it's a TBL because I think it's a red laser. But I push out of the forklift room and the the left guy's charging me. He has a shotgun. He's not wearing anything and he hits me in the arm. It breaks. But then I, I take him out pretty quick, pop a propital, go look down the forklift hall and there's another shotgun guy there and he pops off. Actually, you know what? I thought it was a shotgun guy and it was actually a SKS 20 rounder. An OPSKS with an extended mag in it. And he's popping off shots at me. I thought it was a shotgun at first. And so I peek out to shoot just kind of a mag dump down the hallway. He goes behind the boxes. I throw a nade and get him. You know, so I've cleared out my area and I'm running towards the office. Took a bit of time. I heard a bunch of running. There's scabs running around everywhere. You know, so they've changed the scab AI a little bit and they kind of sprint around and do crazy stuff. And I end up getting in this odd encounter with another PMC who. Had a uh, ketter. He shoots and kills a scab. I shoot and hit him a little bit. I hear him take a Vaseline. So I use a morphine because my propotol was wearing off. And then I catch him at a weird angle. I thought I just had him dead to rights. And so I pull the left trigger. It's in a point fire. I wasn't ADSing. And two shots go like into his chest. And then I hear the dreaded click. And this is on a 30 round magazine. And I'm like, oh no! (laughs) Weapon malfunction. I don't have a backup gun, so I immediately turn around and I look at the top of my screen. I see the red weapon, so I know what's happening. So I turn around. I get shot in the leg. It breaks and blacks out. But I make it around the corner, right? And if you're thinking about it, I was in the glass hallway right in front of those two big connexes near the exfil room, and I wrapped around it to the right and. I'm running on a broken leg. I quickly hit L to inspect my gun and then hit shift T. It pops the round out. I turn around. The guy's chasing me and I just unload into his chest and head and kill him. And then I have a scab come at me from the other angle, shoots me again, blacks my other leg out, but I reloaded in the meantime and killed him. You know, I'm down at like 150 hit points. Everything hurts, but... I think that was the end of the PMC users. There was one more, but there was no more noise. And so I broke that down because I've been using guns that I wouldn't normally use once I have, you know, I'm at like 7 million rubles and I could make a bunch of different guns, but I've been using different stuff. I've been using PST ammo because I can kind of spray it and take a ton into raids and just not worry about it. But that misfire and the ammo choice I made, and the armor choices that I made, and the upgrades that I was using, all of that led to this story I just told you guys. And the it's something that I'll probably remember for a very long time, because earlier in the wipe, I had a misfire kill me, because I didn't know how to fix it. <laughs> you know, so I had to learn how to do that. And then when it happened this time, I knew what to do in that situation. But it's all of these little systems that start, with what's available on the flea market and what's available to most players right now. And I just think all of that makes for super interesting raids. And to come out on top of that situation, I honestly couldn't wait to tell that story because it was amazing. And uh, yeah, so all of it plays into that. And, you know, I was trying to analyze this from just that linear one lane, but I just can't help but look at these other things that play a role in these raids. Yeah, there's so much going
1: on now, and I just think the game's in a good spot. And I think overall, you know, getting back to how I feel about the wipe, I think the game is uh, in, in a pretty good spot. I really would like to talk about operational tasks because I really am enjoying them. I think one of my favorite things in some of the MMOs I've played over the years are daily quests. And they don't have to be overly complicated, but they just give you something interesting to look forward to that resets on a pretty... Consistent timer. And I don't know about you, but I have gotten a lot of XP by taking kind of a break from the normal grind and pathing of the Tarkov questing system, which can become repetitive because it hasn't changed a ton for a long time. And I've enjoyed taking a break from that and really diving into operational tasks. I've noticed that some of the more useless barter items can be consumed by, you know, hand in operations tasks that give you. Two or three thousand XP. It's not like it's a huge game breaker, but it gives you something to go look for. Like, for example, yesterday I had one that was T plugs. (laughs) It was turnover four T plugs, I think, to mechanic. And it gave me like 3,100 XP, you know, which is not life-changing, but it's enough to make a difference and make me kind of want to look for T-plugs while I'm scaving, right? Something along those lines. And I really, I love the concept of a daily and then a weekly thing to work towards. And I talked about the Makarov uh, scav killing quests with the pistol before it's my current weekly quest. And I don't know if I'll make it, but I love that they're there. And I really enjoy the dynamic that it adds to different maps, I noticed that there was one day where there was all of them were on shoreline and I happened to be playing on shoreline and it was just a lot more people playing shoreline that day. And it added a whole bunch of more interesting fights because people were trying to do the task and the task was forcing you to kill scavs. It was like a kill 15 scavs task. So people weren't just up in resort fighting with each other. There was PMCs all over the map and it was great. And I just think it makes... Uh, It introduces a random element to whatever map they put an operational task on, which can make gameplay that much more enjoyable. And then it keeps me and it keeps players more engaged on a more consistent basis and helps that white burnout phase just stay farther off. So I'm really loving it. I mean, have you had any fun experiences with operational tasks? And what do you think?
0: Yeah, you you know, I... I didn't mess with operational tasks a whole lot last wipe, because by the time they came out, I was really done. I had already accomplished all the goals I wanted to last wipe, and I just really didn't have a compelling reason to be in Tarkov. I, I found the end of last wipe really stale, and I could attribute some of that to you know starting the new job and thinking i was going to get back into gaming in a month or two which was just not the case and then had a had the holidays come up and family time and all that kind of stuff so there's more reasons than just tarkov why i wasn't playing at that time but i i didn't mess with the operational tasks a whole lot when they came out and i think i was already sort of done with the wipe when they came out so i didn't give them as much thought as i probably should have and i say that because i have found that their inclusion and level relevant uh, status where you know you kind of get things that are sort of achievable for the level you're at they give you meaningful experience based on your level and they put some challenges on you that <laughs> may not have been something you would have chosen to do and it's making items meaningful it's making holding on to items meaningful in case you get an operational task and you can just turn some stuff in so i've been holding on to a little bit more stuff that i've seen in those tasks But I think one of the things that they do, in addition to what you said, and I I agree with everything you said, they're they're really cool. It's like, oh, I need to survive on woods. Hey, man, you got any tasks on woods you need to get done? I've got an operational task for it. Yeah, I do. Let's go do it. I got to get the blood off the car or whatever. It's a really cool way to get people going to maps that maybe they're done with or they just don't really want to play because they don't have a reason. But in addition to that, they put in some challenges like Killing PMCs with leg or arm shots or getting 65 kills with a Makarov, people that have those tasks, 65 scabs is a lot. Killing 35 players with a leg kill is a lot. And oftentimes those are specifically on maps. Like right now I have a reserve weekly operational task that is to get 35 PMC kills with leg shots or arm shots, I think. And right now that's not something that I'm really interested in. But there may be players that are progressed enough to where that's something they're very interested in. And what that does is it's going to create some people hunting around doing leg meta that would normally be shooting for heads and chest and using different kinds of gear. And so it's going to change up the encounters in the game as well because they're affecting and giving people interesting things to do that they wouldn't have otherwise done. And it's the reason why I want achievements in this game so bad because that system could also be used in that way. But I'm finding operational tasks are starting to scratch that itch of what I believe the achievement system could be in a game like Tarkov. So I love, love this change. And I don't think I gave it enough credit when it was released for how big of a deal it is when a wipe starts. This is another kind of great job to Battlestate for putting something in that, Maybe it wasn't meant to be heavily impactful when they put it in the game and they were looking for it to have an heavy impact this wipe and I would argue that it has.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great way to keep people engaged and that's probably the number 1 thing they're looking for. But it also feels like it's been maybe unexpectedly interesting and I think that that's something that is great in how these types of changes can develop in a player driven environment that maybe not everyone expected. And so I just think they're great. I'm enjoying it. I look forward to every day when I log in and check and see what tasks are there. And you made a great point. It's not like I do all of them because there are some where I look at it and I'm like, yeah, I'm just not going to do that. Not into that right now. But there are other times where it really is impactful to my day where it's like, wait a minute, I can only do one raid. Oh, I could really do that. I could do that operational task and I could get an extra 2 or 3000 XP today cuz I only have an hour to play and I think that that is really helpful to a lot of people. Yeah, great change. Looking forward to seeing how they really get through that and and how they really develop that system because I would imagine this is just the beginning of it.
0: I totally agree. I hope it's just the beginning of it and I hope the feedback is similar to what we've been experiencing and I hope they seek that out because when you're stuck and you get an operational task for your favorite map or for items that you know where to get, or you can go get on a scab. And it gives you that little bit of experience boost to get you over that next level, to unlock that next trader, to, you know, get you off of customs or woods or whatever you're struggling with in the moment. Those tasks can have a really progression focused impact on your game, but they can also have a fun impact by getting you to go mess around with something and not worry about stats and go take a Makarov in and charge around like a crazy person and try to get 65 scab kills. Like that's just fun or it can be fun or it could be taken really seriously. If someone's really focused on their survival rate, talk about a challenge. You know, somebody who wants to maintain their survival rate and continue to profit and get those kills without sacrificing any of that. Talk about a challenge Again, it's almost like an achievement, but you get that bonus of experience. And sometimes they have phenomenal rewards as far as rep with traders or, you know, potentially an item that you need for a task or the one of the ones that I have right now is two portable cabin keys, like the random luck that I have to get two keys that I don't need. (laughs) I was just laughing at that. I'm like, definitely not going to be doing 35 leg shots for two portable cabin keys. Not today. Uh, (laughs) so yeah, I, I totally agree that, uh, it's, it's great right now. It was probably great when it was implemented, but I didn't see it that way. And I hope it continues to get developed because they really created a good system there. That is a a great foundation, but, uh, you know, as far as the stuff that we'd planned to talk about, that was pretty much it, but I did have one more uh, thing that I wanted to talk about. And I guess it's kind of a tip or kind of a thought and I don't know if you have one too or if you have thoughts on this one, but the last thing I really wanted to talk about was the new item, the injector case. If you're just starting out or you're, you know, you're brand new to the game and this wipe, you may not have seen this yet, but it is a one slot item that I believe you can get once you get therapist to level two or three and there's a barter for it, but it allows you to put 16 of the stims, the little injector stimulants, in this case. And the case goes into your secured container. On the surface, it can just seem like a space saver or a really nice way to organize and things like that. But I am so happy with this item that, you know, it may seem overpowered to some, but I just love this item. The reason is I, in past wipes, only used propitols, the ETG, which is the green stimulant that gives you heavy health regeneration. And then when I got kappa, I would typically carry a mule stimulant, which lets you, you know, it increases the amount of weight you can carry and it helps you uh, be able to run again, right? Instead of being extremely overburdened. And so I would make room for those three stims in my gamma at the expense of ammo or uh, splints or things like that. Just in a basic level, the injector case is letting me use those stims at the price of only one slot in my secure case. But the thing that I'm really loving about it is that I can now carry a bunch of different stims that I would not have otherwise used and never really messed with except for very specific scenarios. Like the SJ6, when I was doing something in health resort, if I got the right spawn, I would pop an SJ6 to get the extra endurance and additional stamina recovery speed and sprint up to the resort to get in first but I would only carry that into Shoreline. Well, now with the injector case, I can carry an L1. I can carry an SJ6. I can carry an SJ1. I can carry a couple morphine, which I never used before because I didn't want to waste, you know, 12 to 16K uh, outside of my gamma container or secure container if I was to die. I just didn't like giving up that much money to another player. But now with this injector case, not only can I loot stims when I find them, and protect that money if I'm going to sell them or keep them. But I'm also just using more things and I'm using adrenaline syringes. And I just wonder if Battle State had data that people weren't using stims or there was very only a handful that were actually getting used. And there was a bunch of them that never got used. And so again, I think it's a minor change that's going to get items that have really interesting effects and really interesting use scenarios actually into the hands of players and being used in raids. I know I've already used stims that I've never used before, but since I had them on me, I researched when I could use them and I found out that the adrenaline syringe is one that I didn't know that it had a health regeneration aspect to it and it does painkiller, you know, so there's times where I need more health regeneration than a propitol can offer, but I don't want to, you know, take an ETG and a propitol. Well, maybe adrenaline's the 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 option there. And it also removes contusions, I think. So just some really awesome changes with the injector case and just what you can do with it. So if you haven't experimented with that, I would make a play that as soon as you have access to it through Therapist, go check out the injector case. It's one of the best items added, this wipe. And I think it makes a play for owning a slot in everybody's secure container.
1: Oh, I completely agree. I love the injector case. I was someone who basically didn't use anything except a mule and propitol in the past because of the storage penalty in my gamma. The injector case has opened up a whole new world of rate enhancing options. And I think that's awesome. For all the things you just mentioned, I'm taking full advantage of it myself and enjoying the enhancements and the, you know, the advantages that you can get from that. My final tip uh, for today and and really in the early wipe is to grind on scaving really early on and get to a million rubles and buy a scav junk box from Therapist. They're now available at level one and there is nothing that stops you except the money. It's a million rubles. It seems like a lot. But if you do that, your stash management is going to be so much better until you get to level 15. And you can start selling those things on the flea market. I went out of my way this wipe to keep a bunch of barter items, and I actually had three scav junk boxes full when I hit level 15, and then I sold. All of that, or the majority of it, that I knew that I didn't need for quests coming up, and was able to get, you know, a couple of million rubles right out of the bat. And it really enhanced uh, my gameplay options at that point. And so, if you're feeling like, wait a minute, my stash is a real mess, you can help out with barter items and keep things that potentially could be valuable to sell later uh, by getting a scav junk box. And like I said, you could scav and do that at level one. And I think that's a really, uh, positive quality of life change that i suggest everyone takes advantage of
0: i uh i i, I can't speak highly enough about scab cases and that <laughs> 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 my inventory is so full of cases already and i'm only level 25 i think i have two scab cases four med boxes three mag cases three ammo boxes two holodilnik size <laughs> I'm a junkie, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just a junkie, and I really want another scab junk box so that I can have my cell container, my barter container, and my hideout container. I could buy it right now. I just don't really need it because I've been selling most of the stuff I don't need and been pretty focused on just the tasks that are available right now or in the near future. But I uh, I could see myself uh, investing in another case, even though I don't need it. I just I like the organization factor and. You know, from a new player standpoint, we've given this advice a bunch of times, but if you, uh, if you're having problems with your stash, there is no better thing to do. Even if you don't know what all the barter items are yet, um, it's so nice to have that scab junk box, which is, I think it was 16 by 16. It's a big case when you open it up and it takes up a four by four slot and, uh, it's man, what a great item to be able to just, you know, you don't, if you don't even know what all the barter items are. Just drag them over top of it, let it go. If it goes in, great. If it doesn't, you know, it's not a barter item. Right? <laughs> and, uh, for me, that was, uh, one of the best learning moments early on was getting that scab junk box and. Just figuring out what the heck everything is. So great tip, man. I think that's an awesome way to wrap up our episode here.
1: Yep. I love the scab junk box. Use it uh, Use it very robustly in Ronald's stash. So I think this is a good place to end. It's been uh, really great to be back. And the green bar is flashing once again, which means we're moments away from disappearing. But before we do... We just want to say thank you, and the best way to get in touch with us is always in Discord. Take a few moments, send us a DM if you have any feedback for the show. There's a suggestion box channel inside the XFIL Discord where you can leave your feedback on things you like, things you don't like, things you want us to talk about, whatever you want to do. And we're also on social media. Uh, I'm on social media, Ronald Gaming everywhere, all the places you can find me there. And, of course, we respond to comments on YouTube as well. Thank you to everyone who's been commenting there. Uh, we've had some pretty awesome interaction there with uh, XFIL as well as the other podcasts and shows that we do produce. Links to find all those places, Discord, YouTube, all the different places will be in the show notes and in the description.
0: Yeah. And like Ronald said, you can find us pretty much everywhere. Discord being the best spot outside of the places where both of us are. You can also find me on Twitch at MTB Trigger from time to time. But I just wanted to say thank you for listening and being a part of the X-Fill community. So
1: good luck in your raids, everybody. And uh, we'll see you all next time. See you guys.